All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. Welcome to the new year in season two of It's Fit Nation. As we start, we are pumped to let you know our first book is published and can be found on Amazon. It is called The 13 Step Guide to Success by Rich LaMonica. Also, our 2022 clothing line has launched, and you can find the link on our website, themisfoundation.com. All right, welcome to the Misfit Nation, Ms. Gail Rudolph. How are you, Gail? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me here today. Uh, no problem. It's our pleasure. It's a, a great start to our new year, 2022. Hopefully it's uh, better than the last two years. And it only could get better. If, I mean, if it gets worse, it'll be uh, insane, I guess. I don't know a better word to put for it. It's been kind of a wild roller coaster the last two years. And I, I hope uh, you and I can help others have a better year this year. I sure hope that also. So, Gail, why don't you uh, let the audience know a little bit about yourself from as far back as you want to go to how you got to where you are now and what you do now. Well, I actually spent the majority of my career in the philanthropy industry. So I helped people uh, match giving their money away to the right places that would actually bring them the most joy. And then what happened a few years ago is that I started to realize I was struggling with something, especially way back to when I was early in my career. And that was the idea of power and how power ebbs and flows. And it really started uh, when I worked at a community foundation and I was a part-time person and my boss was actually, or I'm sorry, I was a full-time person and my boss, who was actually the executive director, was only the part-time person. So really what happened is that translated into, I did the majority of the work and he got the majority of the credit. Oh, yes. So, so as I uh, was embarking on this and I was starting, it was a startup community foundation. I had actually moved us uh, about three years ahead of what our scheduled goals were in, in a little over a year. And we, I thought, this is a great time. I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask for a raise. I'm, I've done it in a third of the time. I've moved us up. I've, I've you know, gone over some hurdles. I can, I can go ask for a raise. I deserve it. It's time. So I went into him and I asked for a raise and his response to me and I shared with him, you know, all the things we've done and how we had managed to, to, to be way beyond where our goals were. And he sat back and he looked at me and he said, well, you don't need a raise. You get child support, don't you? Ooh. Oh, wow. And I was dumbfounded as a single mother of two children. I couldn't understand what getting child support had to do with my raise. And what happened at that time was I didn't know how to handle it. So I approached him several other times. He actually did put raises on the agenda, but they were raises for a raise for him, not a raise for me. And ultimately, not knowing how to deal with the situation, I, I left the organization and moved on. But what happened in subsequent roles with me was that I realized that there was kind of this power dynamic that was always present that I struggled with and didn't know quite how to how to handle. 
I say it goes back to the time that I was a two-year-old and my I was the youngest of four siblings. And uh, my brother being 18 years senior than I was, I, I struggled to get a voice. And I think that that's when I first learned about power and understood how it worked. But I think when I really got into the workplace and I encountered this issue with people who, who supervised me and other people I worked with, I didn't know how to handle it. And it was actually through that and deciding a few years back that it was time to actually really harness this. And so I moved into the consulting world, found ways to actually share with people how to harness their interpersonal power and bring it into the workplace. Wow. It's <laughs> a long story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was still in shock with what your boss had said to you. He sounds like he's a real gem. For one, uh, to say that you're you're receiving child support, you don't deserve a raise. That's wow. I mean, it, that deserves a throat punch most times. But uh, for him to have the, the audacity to say that to you, that had to be a, a gut punch for you. It really was, and and I didn't know how to respond. I really didn't know besides saying, "What does that have to do with?" you know, me being able to, and then, then I became very flustered, right? And became very upset. And there were a lot of sleepless nights. My friends heard all about it. You know, um, it was just this, this blow that was given to me that not only affected me in the workplace, but, you know, in every aspect of my life, because I didn't know how to handle him or respond to him. And ultimately, I think that we lose a lot of really good people in the workplace because things like that happen and people don't know how to handle it. So they move on. And, and, and it's a shame it does happen. You're right. It happens in all industry, not just the nonprofit or those were it happens in every facet of life, really, where someone thinks they have that upper hand. They'll they'll use that power to keep people down as long as they can to keep themselves in that position where they feel like they they have the seat of power. What's interesting is, is that an epiphany actually hit me as I look back on that is that I actually gave my own personal power away. You see, because what I've learned throughout the process is your personal power doesn't have anything to do with the outcome. It has to do with how you feel about it and how you respond to a situation, both verbal and nonverbal. And when you can walk away, even if you don't get the outcome that you have, knowing that you harnessed your own personal power um, I think it makes a difference. And, um, you know, I just simply say that power is our ability or capacity to direct or influence the behavior of either other people or a course of events that are happening in our lives. And we often give our power away unknowingly. And I really have set it as my vision, vision and my purpose to actually help people harness their own interpersonal power and be able to feel good about having power in any and every situation. Definitely. And uh, I also was the youngest of four and uh, I'm not sure if I didn't have a voice, but I, I always joke around and tell people I wasn't allowed to eat till my brother joined the Navy, my oldest brother. So <laughs> I guess my, my power was to get to the table after he left because there was one less mouth to feed in the house. It, but as we grew up and grew older and I was the first one to really leave the nest and not stay in the area, I learned that my voice was actually heard more, but not even knowing it, that it was being heard by my parents, by my brothers and my sister. And still to this day, uh, I don't know 
if just growing up in that element helped me to develop my own voice or harness that power, but I never gave it up after, after losing those days at the table. <laughs> yeah. And it, it becomes, it's, it's interesting because I think as a young child, I learned that the way being, you know, 18 years younger, the only way I was heard was to, to scream and yell and kind of throw a fit <laughs> and cry. Well, that worked great when I was three years old, but it didn't work so well when I got older. <laughs> right. So, so learning how to take that power back and how to actually step into power. I always, um, uh, say that power is like two sides of the same coin and it's both verbal and nonverbal where we power up where we make a fuller presence and other times where we power down where we intentionally kind of change our stance and expressing empathy to be able to level the playing field so you don't get into power struggles the, definitely the, I was just going to say one of the best examples of this is an Avenger movie where we see Black Widow fighting, right? It was Infinity Wars and she's fighting and she's killing people and she comes out of this huge battle. But then she turns to her friend, the Hulk, Bruce Banner, right? And she touches him gently on the arm, knowing he could turn on her and kill her. What we do is we see both sides of power in that situation. Um, and I always say it's it's the same. It's two different sides of the same coin. Yeah, it's like yin and yang all at the same time right there, especially in that instance when Black Widow touched the Hulk. Yeah. Great reference. Uh, I love the Avengers. Uh, I love the <laughs> comic more than the movies, but uh, that's a whole other story because I guess I was a comic nerd, a comic book kid as I was growing up and wasn't all in the movies at that point. But I do enjoy him and having her touch him and knowing that, like you said, he can flip the switch in a heartbeat and it's over. But that that's something a lot of people don't learn to do until something really uh, takes them aback, kind of like what your boss did to you. If unless they understand at that point that that's what's been going on, it'll just keep happening to them like a snowball effect the rest of their lives. Well, I like to think of energy as power, right? It's this ebb and flow of power and energy that happens in like any and every situation that we live in. And I mean, it can be family, it can be work. It's happening even between you and I, as we speak, we're, we're handing our, the power back and forth and being able to tap into the right response of knowing how to answer something or lead a conversation is where true personal power and empowerment comes. Yes, exactly. And I like just passing the microphone back and forth. That's just showing that we equal equal power to each other. We want to get your story out here, but I have to jump in every once in a while so people can hear my my lovely voice too. But your story is what's more important here. So I like to have you just bring it out and I just interject every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but, but it's really interesting when you start thinking about power, you notice it everywhere. And it everything, it's a choice on how we respond to that. That there's always that space, as Viktor Frankl says, between a stimulus and a response. And it's that space and how we respond in that space that determines whether we hand over our personal power or we harness it. And you said something earlier about the response people give. It, it might not be verbal. That nonverbal communication is usually a clear indicator of what they're doing at that point. So are, are they giving up their power or are they going to fight at that point? The fight or flight kind of thing with their verbal or nonverbal communication. Have you seen nonverbal as more of the the pushback than the verbal? 
Um, I see it both. I think that they hold both, but we tend to give ourselves away with our nonverbal much quicker than we do with our verbal. We've learned to hold our tongue, hopefully, <laughs> anyway, in most situations. But our nonverbal is the thing that that we actually give our power away. I always say when you lose your temper, you lose you've you've given your personal power away. But there's so many different things that we can do that actually hold our power while we're in a a, a tough situation. One of the first things I would have done is taken a lesson from our animal kingdom when I was dealing with that boss, right? That was telling me about a, you know, that I was a single mom, so I didn't deserve a raise. One of the things I would have done was, was to spread out. You know, I would have taken up more space on the table. I would have put my arms out. Sometimes we tend to get small. And when we see this happen in the animal kingdom, it's usually not a good sign. And I think that that goes for us in as humans too, is that sometimes just spreading out can make a big difference. Eye contact makes a difference. Um, you know, how we respond, the language that we use, the tones that we use, all of those things make a big difference to how people perceive us. I always say that when you have a celebrity that walks into a room or somebody that's really, really important, and you may not know actually who they are, but when they walk in, they have this kind of presence about them. And what's interesting is that we can all have that same kind of presence. They don't have to say anything. They don't have to demand it. It just kind of happens. And that's where the energy that I'm talking about happens. And sometimes that just happens by being able to spread out uh, in, your, in your space talking with a different tone of voice, using pauses, being very direct. I, I mean, it's it. you can change um, how you interact with people with just those very simple things, which is why I wrote the book that I wrote, because it was intended to be a guidebook. And, and those are usually the best books for me because they give you your brain the power to, hey, this this guide, this step one of this guide is the best guide for it for me. And it got me to the, to the end of the guidebook to help me make these decisions and spreading out or absorbing power and giving it back in the same light. A lot of people, especially in, in the military, use the rank structure and the person with the rank has the power, but they still have to be respectful. You got to be respectful with that power and not overstep your bounds. And you give respect to get respect is what I was always taught from my uh, my leaders as I was growing up as a leader. And if you don't do that, you lose that. I, I feel if you're a disrespectful leader, you actually lose more power than you have. Absolutely. And I think that our world views power in the wrong way. I mean, we, we a lot of times we view power as dominance, you know, and violence. It's chaotic. It's scary. It's controlling. And that's not what power truly is. Power is about win-win situations. It's always ethical. It's about influence. Because the truth of the matter is, you may get somebody to follow your directive one time, but they're not going to be a true team player if you are not treating them and harnessing power in the right way. And the truth of the matter is, you know, we really only have control over ourselves. So we may get cooperation on the surface level, but if we're really going to empower other people, if we're going to have teams, if we're going to make a difference, then power has to be something where we're empowering other people, where we're creating win-win situations. And I think that that's what your leaders do, even in the military, even though they have, there's a rank, I think that 
they want to to build into the people that are underneath them to make them the very best that they can possibly be. And I think you you put it very uh, strongly before about the teams, the team concept. If you build your team, especially in military or in corporate world, if you build your team, your team's going to work together to get the greater good. You're not going to have the splinter cells going off to do their own thing or to cause havoc in order to create something to make you go down because you did something against them. Everyone will work up the pyramid to get to the tip of that pyramid to get the light to shine. And I think that the team building is the best way to do that and share the, share the power, share the responsibility. Absolutely. Again, if we can empower other people, we make, we make a difference in our teams and our communities and ultimately in our world. One of exactly. The, I talk a lot about powering up and powering down, you know, stepping into a fuller presence or powering down so that you don't get in power struggles. When we, when people push against each other, we actually push back. It's a natural response. And that's why powering down can be so, so um, effective in so many times. If you think about a child, you know, if you have a child that's, that's demanding, they want to do something. If you power up against them, you just end up in a power struggle. Um, they'll just, they'll just plop down right where they're at (laughs) and, you know, start throwing a fit. But, but if you get down on their level, if you talk to them, if you take the energy of the struggle away from them, you can actually get their cooperation and it's a much nicer experience for everybody. And that's a lesson that we can bring into our everyday lives with everybody that we're working with. And when you do that with it, say the two-year-old or in the terrible two stage three or two to six when they're in a terrible stage right there, if when they're throwing their tantrum, if you throw a tantrum with them, you're not teaching them anything. If you get down, like you said, on their level and try to calm them down and trying to calmly talk to them, that lesson resonates in their head for the rest of their lives. And they kind of push it as they grow older. Now they learned the simple lesson they learned as a two-year-old or to five-year-old there that they didn't think they absorbed or you didn't think they absorbed will now grow as they become teenagers into the adulthood. They'll know that it's easier to, to use words to calm things down and to blast people and go a little crazy. And, and, and I agree you're teaching your children to grow up, but think about what happens to the parent. The parent has to take a deep breath. The parent has to be curious, right? right, To find out from, from the child what's actually going on in their mind. And then they have to be creative. So when we talk about teams wanting to work together, to be creative, to come to new levels of of meeting their goals or solving a problem, isn't that what we're talking about doing? It's definitely creative. I mean, it's 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 again, it's this power dynamic and we can choose to unplug and try to, to, to combat each other or we can choose to plug into the right power source and actually move things forward. And how long did it take you to harness the the power, basically, to to realize that you can share this with others and come out and write your book? Well, I I think, as I said, I think it's been something I've been learning my entire life. But what happened was, as I was working in the corporate world, I was just realizing and seeing that all this stuff was going on. So when I started consulting um, about four or five years ago now, I started taking some of these 
these principles and some of these thoughts and started to realize that they can be taught and they can be learned. And as I rolled them out with people, as I was consulting and helping people advance their careers and seeing things work, how we were changing them. And that's actually how the book came about. And I started the book about a year ago um, and just sat down and started writing one day and decided this that this was something that was important to me. I had learned it and there were other people that could learn it too. Um, long process. I started writing when COVID hit and we, we were published. Um, the actual ebook came out in the summer and the actual hard copy came out in October. And to my surprise, we actually went to the bestseller list for USA Today and Wall Street Journal very quickly. So there were things awesome. that I had to learn. Yeah. People, people want to learn. They want to be the best versions of themselves. And that's what I've, I've learned on my journey that people really, they may seem like they're hard headed, but they all want, everyone wants to learn. Everyone's pretty much a lifetime learner. They may be learning little things about widgets or they might learn how to be successful in life or how to be a better person in life. But we're all, we all, we're all wired to be better than we were yesterday. And that's why self-help books or guides are the best way to go, I believe. Yeah, what I tried to do was to really take my experiences. I, I included a lot of stories. I think we learn from stories. And to be able to give people actual things that they could um, actually walk away and use. I mean, I've shared with you one today, just being able to spread out is a power tool of powering up that you could you can actually use the moment you can start using it instantly. And that's what's so great about when it comes to power is it's not something that takes a long time to learn. It's just something that if you know what the attributes are, you can start using them. You, you start adopting a few each and every day when you get comfortable with them, you just uh, move to some other ones. Exactly. And uh, I mean, you've, you've learned via life uh, lessons uh, thanks to, a very special boss of yours and other things that happened in your life. I'm sure besides that, like your voice as a child and the things you've gone through and now you're able to share that with the masses. So where else, where can everyone get those book? The book is, and I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon and all electronic readers. Is it in hard, hard stands as well, or just online? It's actually in hard stands too. So, um, you know, Barnes and Noble bookshop, I think is, is more of an online place, but yeah, they are, it's all available there, um, and uh, we uh, we try to do a lot of teachings on it. We're just starting to do some Facebook Live teachings. Uh, people can go to Gail Rudolph Author and uh, get some teachings on that uh, as we are learning. We just finished one on how to survive the holidays with those people. In the book, <laughs> we, outlined, we outlined six personalities we often have in the workplace. They work in just as much in the family and some ways to actually offset and use power to deal with some of those personality dynamics that happen. And we know at the holidays, there's a lot of personality dynamics that come to the table. It's not just the turkey dinner. It is something getting thrown across the turkey table when <laughs> someone doesn't agree with someone all the time. And uh, I, I think I said in my podcast right after Thanksgiving, I hope everyone is still friends after Thanksgiving because that's usually when you lose a lot of your friends or you stop talking to your family for a little while till the next holiday because of things that happened at that table or around the, the couch after dinner. So that that's another power struggle there because everyone wants their voice heard. 
everybody wants their voice heard. But the other thing, and I always say that this is one of the secret sauces to, to your interpersonal power is boundaries. People try to bust through your boundaries and families are probably the worst ones that try to bust through your boundaries. <laughs> and, you know, so many times I think we don't know where we start where our responsibility stops and other ones start and we don't hold firm to our boundaries. So that's what I see a lot in the holidays is boy, people are just busting through our boundaries. And hitting those thresholds that you really don't want hit, especially when you believe you're on a kind of a mini break from life when you go to the vacation, where it's actually more stressful when you're at those family uh, vacations or family get togethers. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think that's because somehow we think with family that it's okay to, uh, I don't like bust through people's boundaries, push them, uh, say things that we wouldn't normally say to other people. It's, it's amazing how we don't treat our family with the respect that, that we treat a stranger on the street. And it, it's, a, it's definitely true, though. It, I think every family has, has their dynamic where that happens. So, where the old stories come out, which you don't want told to your new friends and new family that you bring over. And that pushes that envelope as well and causes a lot of strife within the household. Right. Those are all all big things there. Gail, uh, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, I can't wait to check out your book and uh, we'll go to Gail, uh, Gail Rudolph author.com, right. To link up with you. If someone wants to get in contact with you to get some tips or even to get you on their show, is that the best place to go? Uh, probably the best place to go, uh, Facebook is Gail Rudolph author. Uh, the best place to reach us is just gailrudolph.com would be our website. Um, you can order the book from there. You can contact us uh, directly through there. So uh, gailrudolph.com for uh, website and then Gail Rudolph author for Facebook. Awesome. Thank you for taking some of your time to to chat with us here on the Misfit Nation, and I hope you have a great 2022. Thank you, and I hope your listeners do also. Thank you so much. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Misfit Nation. Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, Please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are... Fit, 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 fit nation.